recording. Me. We have six games to discuss, four to preview, and one wellness check to administer on our good friend. We're deep into the playoffs this week on The Push-Off. Welcome to the new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan. Joining us as always, it's Dan 27-0, right? <laughs> yeah, Dan. Um, been there, seen that. Uh, we all watched it too, and uh, now we have to talk about it. <laughs> so we've talked about this a few times. Um Anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I'm a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the concept of which is worse, getting losing a close game or just getting blown the fuck out. I will tell you this. We got blown the fuck out by uh, the Packers. Absolutely. Just fucking boat raced immediately. It was actually easier. Uh, like, the first quarter was awful. Uh, and the second quarter wasn't. Don't, don't deep into it too far because we're going to get them in the order, but yeah. But once I knew it was over, I could make peace with it. I was like, oh yeah, we're fucking totally, like, it, it sucks. Like, it collapses a lot of stuff simultaneously, but it, it's not yeah. like, you know, your blood pressure doesn't rise. If anything, uh, you know, your blood pressure drops and you just become a cold, callous shell of yourself, so. But we'll get into uh, that. We'll get into the details. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And I felt that too before. Um, so... Yeah, where I want to start though is um, is people losing their jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. We we did last week the uh, Black Monday and the Gray Tuesday, as it was as well. Um, as when we recorded, uh, Rabel was the last guy to go. That was like the day after they gave him his own, and then they waited for these others. Um, on the show, Dan, you said maybe there is a chance that a couple others go. And you, you specifically named three guys, and technically two others went. Um, you said uh, Dennis Allen was the third one. Dennis Allen is, is sweating out maybe still. Who knows? Uh, uh, because you said his name. but Well, I they've changed the offensive have... coordinator, so it looks like you know he, he'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, he got to throw the offensive coordinator under the bus that was coming for him. Okay. But the other two you said, um, obviously Pete Carroll, but we're going to start with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick out in New England after 24 seasons, six Super Bowl championships. Uh, they are quote unquote parting ways as it is, but it is a, it's a firing. Uh, it's a, it's definitely a firing. Um, I think it's a beneficial firing for Belichick, who is one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach. And I'm not just talking like. Football. Like, he's obviously the greatest football coach or professional football coach that has ever lived. Strangely, Mm. he might be fighting best football coach uh, with his very good friend Nick Saban, who also retired, but this is a NFL podcast, so it's a different issue. Uh, Former Dolphins coach Nick Saban, not as impressive. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they always talk about, isn't it crazy that we two Croats, they're both of Croatian descent, two Croats became like the two greatest coaches in the history of their sports? Um but he might be one of the greatest coaches in the history of all sports. Like, mm. when you think about what was done by Bill Belichick in the salary cap era, yes, he yeah. had Tom Brady, but it's not like he drafted Tom Brady number one overall. Like, anybody that had Peyton Manning had Peyton fucking Manning. You know, like, the dude you knew was going to be a lock from the time he was, like, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick was able to coach up Tom Brady. I don't think Tom Brady's as successful in another scenario with a defense like that, with an opportunity like that, with schemes like that, with coaches like that. Especially the early years. Especially, Especially. the early years. Yeah. That being said, if you coach the GOAT and you yourself are a GOAT, like I, I don't know what argument you could make that Bill Belichick is not the greatest head coach in NFL history. The only thing he's missing is the all-time wins record, which is probably the only reason he hasn't retired yet. 
Uh, once he yeah. has the all-time win record, who's touching it? Andy Reid is like 15 years away, and he's not getting it. So th- the only coach that has an outside shot at beating Belichick's record is Mike Tomlin, who could coach for another 60 years if he wanted to. Um, yeah. Dude just stays chill the whole time. But it's not a retirement, so that's the hard thing. Like We can't do a full Bill Belichick retrospective, but if you're a team with a good roster, because the one weak spot he's had in the past like 10 years has not been a great talent evaluator. Uh, as a GM, has not done right. a great job bringing quality free agents, drafting quality players. He's basically just been relying on a bunch of hard-nosed, high-work-ethic dudes getting out-talented by almost every team in the NFL. If you go to a team with a high-talent roster, but maybe not the best scheme, not the best um, you know, discipline, uh, this is a guy that can turn that shit around quickly because you walk Bill Belichick into a locker room who's not paying attention when that man speaks. You're get yeah. Um, so it's very interesting. He's not getting moved up to a front office thing. Uh, he seemed to have argued or made it pretty clear that he wanted to stay in New England. I think like that was his top choice. But the one thing, like I think you said, like if if you made the argument that both sides are winning out of this or whatever, is maybe Belichick yeah go somewhere that has talent now that he can mold instead of waiting for talent to get there which is what he'd need to do in a year two years or whatever in New England and he wants to win now or whatever yeah go for that win record or whatever so I guess that's where Belichick moving on makes the most sense um he's already had one interview in Atlanta that's dangerous dude (laughs) yeah uh, does he automatically get GM stuff too, where he goes? Because, like you said, that hasn't been working out lately. Maybe just wants to straight up coach guys that are already there. I think that's his best bet, honestly, is to just coach dudes. Is just go back to it and be like, "Hey, listen, you're going to a team. Yeah. Any of these teams, you're basically picking as the head coach. Like Bill Belichick gets to tell you whether he now whether or not he wants to coach your team." You know, not, oh, we think we'll offer Bill Belichick. Like, you're taking Bill Belichick. Like, there's no reason you don't take Bill Belichick. Well, so, the, there's a there's a time limit on him, I think, a little bit. Sure. Know? Yeah, tell Maybe that, five years tell that to the Rams yeah. and winning a Super Bowl. You know, there's, yeah. it's like if you think that Bill Belichick can get your team in enough shape in a two-year, three-year span to win a Super Bowl, you fucking take the guy. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And that's any team in the NFL. So Bill Belichick could straighten that shit out. Um. I I keep looking at this and going, like, after Bill gets the, the all-time wins record, if he wins another... If this fucker guy... If this fucking guy wins a Super Bowl with another roster than the New England Patriots, there is no... Like, then yeah. we don't even know... Like, yes, then he had Tom Brady who won one with another team. If Bill Belichick wins one with another team, they're just tied for the greatest fucking human beings that ever played football or coached football. It's right. amazing. And I think that, yeah... He wants that opportunity too a little bit too. That might be itching him. His along. his best bet is probably these Atlanta Falcons. Like in terms of open coach positions, the only team that wouldn't take a guy like Bill Belichick is the Seahawks. Mm, which was the other one that opened. Before we move on to Seattle, uh, the Patriots com- uh, filled that spot the very next day. Uh, I guess was already in contract for Gerard Mayo. Now Gerard Mayo, linebackers coach. I think he's been like an assistant head coach or something there too for a while. Um, it's an interesting that there was a clause in Gerard Mayo's contract when we talked about for years that there was a potential clause on other people's contracts in New England. Um, Mike McDaniel specifically, like guys that to turn down uh, head coaching gigs otherwhere, at least uh, interviews. Yeah. Actually, McDaniels did turn down the head coaching gig for the Colts. Yes. To completely do a 180 and turn around. That was probably the one year we were like, well, this sure seems like New England told him something. But he didn't. He he leaves for the Vegas Raiders uh, two years ago and gets fired halfway through this last season. Because he sucks. Um, yeah. And now uh, it is, yeah, so it's Gerard Mayo who's been there. He is now considered the youngest head coach in the NFL currently. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of open spots. We'll see what happens. It's he crazy was, that he took that role from McVeigh still. Yeah, Sean McVeigh was still holding on to it as he has been the coach for the Rams for six years or God, whatever. It's like a decade. <laughs> and a little thing on Gerard Mayo. Obviously, he was a player for the Patriots, played his entire career for the Patriots, was drafted 10th overall in 2008. Uh, Dan, you know who was drafted 18th overall that year? 2008? Yeah. 
Joe Flacco. <laughs> God, <laughs> I wasn't going to really make you guess it. Oh man. Anyways, the elite dragon. That's Gerard Mayo. What do you think? What do you think of this? Um, I think it's a tremendous pick. Gerard Mayo. If you watched him in Tennessee coming out, the dude was not like all speed linebacker. He was a little undersized. He was six one. He was two forty. So he was kind of like a stout interior linebacker. Ran decently fast, but the fucking guy was always in the right position. He was such a natural fit for New England's defense that it was scary. Like, the dude immediately took over the starting position as the in, one of the inside linebackers on a New England defense. Like, mm. think about that for a minute. This guy comes in as a rookie and starts on a New England defense. You know Bill Belichick was just fucking salivating for a guy like this. The athletic upside was was high. I mean, he was a first-round pick. I think he was a first-round pick that was taken because of production, not because of potential. And then he proceeded to put, uh, goddamn, like, what, nine years, eight years in the league? Um, just tremendous potential. Went to a Pro Bowl multiple times. I believe he was an All-Pro one year, or at least a All-Pro alternate. The dude was just fucking unreal. His career came to an end a little early because of injuries, um, but the dude was just a just an absolute fucking machine, just a monster. Like he was the reason why the Patriots were able to have that second half of the dynasty. Like I I yeah. know Tom Brady did a great job. Tom Brady's Tom Brady, but all of those defensive stars that started to leave, uh, Gerard Mayo was there in Mike Vrabel's last year. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> Gerard Mayo and Mike Vrabel, they shared one year together uh, before Vrabel uh, skedaddled and went to the Chiefs. Um, this fucking guy was just unbelievable. Only won one Super Bowl, by the way. Only won one Super Bowl and basically had to hang it up after that. But he was part of the rebuild of that defense uh, going into the second dynasty. Did he win any as a coach there? I mean, was he already coaching in uh, He started aspect? coaching in 2019, so I think he was... I want to say he was the, yeah, just missed it. <laughs> yeah, because then he would have gone. Oh, man. All right, so, yeah, it takes over there um, for Kraft. This is also with all those rumors with uh, Vrabel losing his gig uh, right before it, that maybe Vrabel would go back there after he was given the, the red uh, jacket and everything at a Titans-Patriots um, game where he goes across there just to get honored by the road team or the home team at that point. As a road coach, it was pretty interesting. Um, but instead, Drad Mayo hired in. Um, seemed like it was already set. Um, Belichick on his way, as well as Pete Carroll. Let's move on to him. Seahawks remove him. It feels like more of a forced retirement than anything. They are offering him front office stuff. He said as know. much, too, which sucks. Yeah, and it does. Again, this is not something that he wanted. He wanted to stay there. That's what I said on the show. I think that was something, too. You were like, he's he's old, so if he wants to hang it up. And I was like, I think he said he wants to be back. So we are a little I, – I don't know if you're surprised. I'm a little surprised that it's the Seahawks going. Why don't we change directions now instead of Pete Carroll making this decision? It doesn't shock me. Um, you know, we talked about this. Pete Carroll is an old dude. Like, Pete Carroll is 72 fucking years old. He was – no, I mean, it, wasn't he? It didn't it go Pete Carroll in New England, then Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. But, Pete, so the, but the, Pete Carroll is for not, these younger not chasing listeners. the all-time wins record. You no, know what I mean? Pete Carroll yeah. would not be doing that. Pete Carroll is a legend. Has been able to, um, has been able to re-energize a Seahawks team that won almost nothing. Like Mike Holmgren got them back to competency, but Pete Carroll is the one that got them over the hump. Also, you want to talk about good coaching across the board? Good in college and in pro, and that's not something he's done that a lot of people can do. There's only three coaches ever. Oh, three coaches, and one of them is bullshit. Three Wait, coaches have if... won a Super Bowl and a national championship. What are the other two? Jimmy Johnson. Okay. Yep. And Barry Switzer. Oh, I get you. I get you. So Barry Switzer's Super Bowl win was some bullshit. bullshit. I'm just going to say <laughs> that. That was Jimmy's team all the way through. Um, very legit Oklahoma win. I'm not taking anything away from the guy there. Um, but, yeah, I, this is that's who it is. Like Those are the three guys. Pete Carroll probably was a more dominant um, college coach, if we're being honest. Like mm-hmm. Those USC teams were unbelievable. But he really changed the 
narrative of his career when he came to the Seahawks, he went from being like, Pete Carroll was like hard-nosed football psycho at USC. He came to the Seahawks and he was like fun, gum-chewing old man. You yeah. know, so very different Pete Carrolls that you're dealing with uh, in college in the NFL. Jimmy Johnson was the same in college in the NFL. Barry Switzer was a hard-ass in college and kind of did the Pete Carroll thing, became like fun, you know, love you up uh, Barry Switzer when he came to the pros. So, yeah, Pete Carroll, not on my Mount Rushmore in terms of pro coaches, but probably right at the edge in terms of total overall coaches. Like, the dude... The dude was able to get Russell Wilson to not be corny as fuck for like half a decade. That's pretty good. That's really impressive. That's good coaching. That's good coaching. <laughs> Solid coaching. So real quick, uh, Belichick and Pete Carroll, uh, available uh, gentlemen here. I, I haven't heard that Pete Carroll took any gig in, in I don't, Seattle. I don't think he would. I, I don't think he's going to take another head coaching job. Okay, that was my question. But you do believe, does Belichick, uh, is he coaching somewhere as a head coach next year? Guaranteed. Belichick is going to take a job this year. I think they'll probably make the decision, if not right before the Super Bowl, right after the Super Bowl. Interesting. All right. We'll keep a listen. <clears throat> we did talk about Nick Saban uh, retiring as Alabama head coach. I think that's big news um, on all sides uh, because Alabama's been. Uh, cycling in pros for many, many years, and without Nick Saban there, I don't know if that continues, so we'll see who they put in place. Well, I mean, they just got they the guy from... Already. Yeah, they already made the decision. Yeah. It's the guy from Washington who just lost That's the national right. championship. That's right. So, yeah, we'll see how that continues. Um, and then we have a GM hire. The only one I saw so far is Adam Peters is the commander's GM. He was San Francisco's assistant general manager. So what, assistant to... Uh, um, what's his name there in San Francisco? It's oh, uh, uh, Lynch. Our, yeah, our boy John Lynch. Yeah, John Lynch. So Adam Peters now will be the new G- Commanders GM as they look for their coach, start building their team there um, in Washington. So we'll see what happens. <clears throat> Only can, other news I got. Oh yeah, go ahead. I, I will say this: um, no other head coach has ever produced so many NFL first round picks as Nick Saban. Um, yeah. In terms of colleges producing it, Alabama is number three with 79. Over 50 of those are yeah. Nick Saban. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Um, yeah. He's got amazing stats, and, and it, yeah, it's been a uh, um, NFL prepped school yeah, sorry, for a 40, long, long time. 49. 49 uh, first-round draft picks, and he's got a chance uh, for a few more here. Uh, That's this right. season, so I think he will be over fifty this year. Over fifty uh, NFL quality first round players produced by Nick Saban coaching. I know he's a college coach, but that does affect us. And we get to talk about those soon. We get to get on those soon. Very true. I'll send you and, uh, the list very shortly. The prospects. Uh, finally, the only last thing I have is uh, Hard Knocks. Uh, a dolphin should have ended now. We saw that there was another episode that came out this week on the playoff one. Uh, so now the way it is for training camp, there are three teams technically that can be forced to participate in the Hard Knocks training camp uh, season uh, as the Jets were last year. So we'll see as the teams seem less and less wanting to do that one. It is the Bears, the Broncos, and the Saints. It'll be the Bears. You think so? I It'll feel like the this Broncos would be somewhat fun. But it would be weird to see what they have here. But, yeah, you have a first overall pick, perhaps, with Chicago. Well, the Broncos have um, – well, I'll put it to you this way. If the Bears get the first overall pick, I guarantee it's them. If they take a quarterback yeah. with the number one overall pick, I guarantee you it's the Chicago Bears. If it's not and the Denver Broncos hold on to Russell Wilson for some fucking reason, I guarantee you it's Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to watch yeah. a fucking Saints hard knocks. Nobody wants to watch Dennis no. Allen on fucking hard knocks. That's awful. Last, that's last choice. All right, let's hit the games. Let's hit the games. We've had pl- we've done plenty on the news and the the coaching staffs. We will continue with the hirings as we can as we continue with the shows. Um, I want to begin uh, where the week began. The Texans beating the Browns. There's not like a a game of the week or whatever here. Um, it. There's some surprises. There was plenty of upsets this week, but we're just going to run through as the uh, set you up for the week to come. That's how we did this week. Uh, so the Texans beating the Browns is where we begin. Forty-five to fourteen. Um, Joe Flacco had over three hundred yards, but the uh, the magic wore off with one touchdown and two interceptions. And both those interceptions, 
third quarter pick sixes that just broke the back if weren't already broken at that point as it was 14 to 24 Texans at the half. Um, CJ Stroud, man, three touchdowns. Nico Collins was the guy getting going with 100 yards and a touchdown. And then the Texans D, like I said, two pick sixes. They had four sacks on top of that. Uh, a strong win that was demand- dominating by late second quarter on for the Texans. At that point, Joe Flacco was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Just started yeah. throwing them things up, man. Um, I get it. I mean, if you're that far back, the only chance the Browns really had was for the defense to make a couple stands, and the Texans were just not having that shit. Like, they were they were just so good, man. The Texans are such a well-coached team. I know I've been banging the drum for D'Amico Ryans as coach of the year. I will continue to do so. Um, well, and this was the, like, and I didn't realize it last week. I was talk, I was big on Stefanski coach of the year. Here's our coach of the year's head to head. I, it feels like you won that. feels like you won that coach of the year argument with this game. Yeah. I mean, listen, much love. And so here's a, the positive for Stefanski. They shouldn't have fucking been here. Like the, oh, they're playing their, it's insane. their junior varsity team. Yeah, it's <laughs> insane that Stefanski got here with his fourth quarterback. Like this, this is a fucking ragtag group. Yeah. Ragtag yeah. is a great way to put it. The Cleveland Browns have been ragtag as fuck. Uh, Something I missed, and it was thrown out there in the stats, was that uh, the defense for the Browns, and I've been salivating over them for most of the year. Very good at home. One of the worst on the road. The Browns defense had the worst scoring D in road games, giving up thirty-one point three points per game. And I was like, what? When did that? I didn't realize, like, defense is supposed to travel, and this is an indoor game. Like, it's not like weather got worse. Well, weather sometimes benefits defense, but Mm -hmm. that was surprising to hear. Yeah, I don't want to talk about defenses this week uh, (laughs) and what they should have uh, done. What's his name's defense that um, has been a head coach himself before? What, Uh, Schwartz? Schwartz, yeah, Jim Schwartz's defense. Jim Schwartz's defense are always really good. But not not this one. Not this Saturday it didn't. It let him down on the uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, the uh, Texans also winning this game um, just benefits them a little bit more as they have the Browns' first overall pick next year. I mean, that's uh, listen, you can't help yourself more than this. Uh, right. D'Amico Ryans maybe wins Coach of the Year because of it. Uh, you get a better draft pick. It's awesome. Great job. I, I guess they, if they beat him earlier in the – the year two that would have helped him even a little inch more or whatever but yeah this is a nice uh setup for the texans who again house money we were kind of saying we both didn't pick them to win this game and instead they win and go on now to play the baltimore ravens who have a week of rest um baltimore um the number one seed it's all coming through them and that's where the texans are going and that's the first game we get this weekend saturday three thirty kickoff you know, unless there's some blizzard that hits Baltimore and then you got to start moving <laughs> deep, stuff again. Deep, deep cold. Yeah, we don't know. So, But as as it stands currently of recording, it is scheduled for Saturday at 3.30. What do you think of this one, Dan? Uh, I think if the Baltimore Ravens do not win this fucking thing, it is an epic choke job. Mm. As, as impressive as these Texans have been, and they have been impressive, the... Baltimore Ravens beat the shit out of the 49ers. You cannot lose to the fucking Texans at home with a week of rest. You just can't do it. Are we still talking about Lamar winning playoff games? Is that not? Because he was injured last year. We're still year. talking about it. Yeah, we're still talking. I mean, until I mean, he wins I the Super Bowl. Remember. True. But I'm trying to remember. He's he's won one maybe or something. and then Or has he? I you know, can't he's, even remember. He's won his... a playoff game. Okay. But, yeah, it's... They've been here before. The Ravens have had by uh, home field advantage, I think, and then lost their very first game after a bye week uh, when the year he won the uh, MVP, I believe. Yeah. So he hasn't won it yet, but I think he's itching to get that trophy again here coming up soon. Yeah, he beat Tennessee two years ago. Okay. So it's just a matter of, uh, yeah, I mean, the Texans are going to put on, I think, a good game, as we've noticed there. They seem to be in games when Stroud is healthy. Um, man, if they had everybody t- healthy too, you're talking um, Tank Dell and all them. So, unfortunately, they don't. And the Ravens uh, have uh, Matthews uh, 
Matt Matthews. Uh, is that right? Who's the tight end? Oh, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. I, I, I matched this name together. Mark Andrews is Mandrews. practicing again, quote, quote, unquote. Yeah. So whether he gets in this game or not, you know, if he's healthy enough, I'm sure he wants to. Oh, yeah. I, um, I can't imagine he's like, yeah, I don't want this one. But, I mean, yeah. if, you're the, if you're the Ravens and you can keep him out another game, give him another week's rest, I think that's great for you. Because Isaiah likely, it's not like he's a fucking joke. You know, the guys are pretty decent True. backup tight end. I think it's a good option. Yeah, but uh, it's a win or go home, so you play your best guys if they're healthy enough to get out there. And, yeah, I think the Ravens take this one. Um, the Texans run, heck of a run. They're going to, uh, you know, in, in a division that was supposed to be the Jaguars for some seasons, uh-oh, <laughs> it's already yeah. looking like uh, the Texans aren't going anywhere for a while. Never, never make plans. Never make plans thinking they're like, oh, in three years' time. In three years' time, shit is bananas. You got to yeah. win this year. You got to win now. Yep. Um, yeah. A gun to your head. You're taking Texans too? Uh, <laughs> no. God, no. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you put uh, a gun Ravens. to my head and said, this is the only way I won't kill you is if you take the Texans. But yeah. other than that, yeah, I'm going. Go flock. Yeah, I'm thinking Ravens too. Uh, it's unfortunate we're not seeing Flacco returning to the, the, the Baltimore scene there, but a Texans-Ravens game will be pretty fun, especially if the Texans put up the, the game that they did last week. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, to continue with the way that the week and the schedule and Saturday night's game, we're going to talk about it now, Dan. We're going to talk about the whole thing. Packers 48, Cowboys 32 is the end score. Um but man, it was yeah, all Green Bay. Um, like you said, twenty-seven nothing, twenty-seven-seven at the half. Um, they put on some you know yards at the end there. Prescott's stats look better than the day was for him. Same with Lamb. Uh, a lot of stuff at the end. It was Love with three touchdowns. Aaron Jones had three touchdowns, and you know. Dobbs, 151 yards, doing everything he could, and in Savage's pick six, it just was all Green Bay. This loss was inexplicable. Mm. I think everybody's thinking that. Well, it's fine to lose. I would have been bummed if we lost. To lose like this was unrecognizable. This was not even a recognizable Cowboys team. Like, we made some... When we lost to the 49ers, we got fucking beat by the 49ers. You go, okay, I get that. I understand it. It was over really quickly, and, and we got punched in the mouth. The The Packers saw something. It is very rare nowadays that the team wins a coin toss and chooses to take the ball. Yeah. Most of the time, they defer because they want to get a pace of things. This Packers team went, oh, no, no, we want the ball, and we're going right at this Cowboys defense. Dan Quinn decides, despite being a man-based defense that runs man fucking 80% of the time, went zone the whole fucking game. The whole fucking game. For what? And they just started torching us. We don't know how to play zone coverage. We haven't played zone Mm. coverage all fucking year. And we decide that the time to try zone coverage heavily is in a fucking playoff game against the young, wide receiver, speedy fucking Packers. Unbelievable. We changed nothing. We changed nothing from the first half to the second half. We didn't bring more pressure, more blitzes. Like, at one point, when you're down 27-7... to Throw the fucking kitchen sink at the dude. Try to break his fucking spirit. If you want this game, go break his fucking spirit. Instead, we stayed in fucking zone and brought four-man pressure the whole fucking game. Unbelievable defensive bullshit. Secondly, offensively, we reverted to the old shit we were doing uh, like week one through five where we were trying to run that Texas Coast offense because Mike McCarthy couldn't fucking help himself. That he had to say, like, well, you know, I, it was a pretty good idea. I know we've been playing it differently and it's been successful, but I'm going to go back to my old stupid fucking idea because I'm <laughs> playing a team that I used to be the head coach of, and this is more about my own pride despite performance. Uh, I'm going to go back to Texas Coast offense. And you could see, after, like, the second drive, CD and Dak are looking at each other going, like, what the fuck are we doing? It was so early. It was even before we were getting routed. You could see that they just were not on the same page. They didn't agree with the way this was going. Offensively, they're like, what is this? This scheme is fucking terrible. That being said, 
Dak Prescott also made a bunch of bad fucking throws, a bunch of bad fucking reads, and Dak has been in this system long enough that if you know that shit's not working, you can audible, you can kill out of this. You know, you're supposed to be able to diagnose defenses. You're diagnosing a Joe Barry defense. Get the fuck out of it. Get into better positions. Dak was unable to do that because Dak fucking choked. Mm. That being said, it looks like we're retaining Mike McCarthy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that came out today that McCarthy's going nowhere after this game and the stuff about, like, even leading into this game that was like, well, you know, something happened to the Cowboys and Belichick being available now, etc. Though Belichick and Jerry Jones together, do you even see that as a possibility? I don't. Um, Jerry Jones took Bill Parcells because he was desperate. You know, because he was like, yeah. my, my Cowboys have been shitty for so long. I need somebody to come in here and top of the apple cart, so to speak. And after, like, two years of Bill Parcells, Jerry was like, hey, we're doing good again. I'm going to take some of the credit. And then he and Parcells couldn't live together anymore. Right. Jim, uh, uh, Jerry is too high on his own shit right now. Like, we've had three straight 12-5 and five teams. We're not bad teams. Right. But we just don't do well in the playoffs. This is a fucking Marty Schottenheimer all over again. You know, that's that's where we're at. If we go 12-5 and five again and we get bounced from the playoffs again next year, there's not a chance we retain Mike McCarthy. Not a fucking yeah, chance it, we do. Um, McCarthy's kind of got that going now, too. Green Bay and Dallas uh, can't win in the playoffs type of thing. Yeah, it took a long time for him to win in the playoffs um, with Green Bay. Um, yeah. And it was always heartbreaking losses, too. But um, this defense was supposed to do better. You know, I mean, the offense was embarrassing in the first half. Seven points from this Cowboys offense, unfucking acceptable. Green Bay's defense isn't that good. Um, but it was honestly the fucking poor ass performance of the defense that shocked me more than anything. Yeah. Um, that was what really fucking burned me. Like, they were able to just march down the fucking field. Um, you know, we didn't help them at all, but there were, you know, there were two early interceptions by Dak that just. Just gutted us, man. It was just fucking gutting. We got a look here at a Lafleur offense late in the season now that's finally catching up with these young, you know, offensive weapons and stuff and Jordan Love. And uh, could he actually be this good when there isn't some old guy back there changing all his plays? I mean, is this a Lafleur uh, finding some success? Because there's been some weeks in a row where he's had it. Jordan Love's good, man. He's got all the mechanical things you're looking for. He makes good throws. He makes good reads. He makes good decisions. LaFleur is an excellent offensive coordinator. You know who was supposed to be a good offensive coordinator? Mike fucking McCarthy. So, fuck me, I guess. Um, Yeah, Jordan Love is is good. Jordan Love is good. I mean, if if nothing else, even if Jordan Love shits the bed uh, against the 49ers, no one would... No one would pillory the man for him. It's the 49ers' defense. The 49ers are supposed to win this fucking game. But Jordan Love has had a a year that proves that extension that they gave him isn't crazy. You know, you're going into next year, and the narrative is now changed in Green Bay from rebuilding to, oh man, we might actually be kings of this division again. We've got all this wide receiver talent. We've still got Rashawn Gary, who was a menace, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Why Why was. is it that my elite players always show up super good against the Cowboys? <laughs> like, when I give them an elite grade, they always just show up and wreck my shit. I hate that. Just chill the fuck out, Rashawn. We loved you. Please stop. Stop hitting yeah. him. He's already dead. <laughs> um, you, you alluded to it, and that is the other game on Saturday. And like you said, there's no reason to uh, keep dragging you through the hell that that was that game. It reminded me... Watching, I was like, the only thing I can think of is like when I watched my Vikings go into Philly and just get destroyed in that championship game where it was like, we had a very fun year and, and we were able to play in all these games and now all of a sudden it's, nope, they're just going to score every time they touch the ball and you'll just have to watch it. And so I've had I've had those championship games. I've had those, those games in the regular season stuff from the Vikings, but that is never fun. And so... That's all I want to say from that one, Dan. Um, Packers at 49ers, Sunday, Saturday night. Um, you want to talk about, you know, as the Cowboys have been uh, franchise-wise uh, snake-bitten by the Packers, here's the other side of that coin for the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. Um, both of these franchises know their history. Uh, this one is continued 
Saturday night in San Francisco. This is the other one seed getting their their bye week uh, uh, lifted here for their first game in the playoffs. It would be another collapse of epic proportions if Shanahan loses this game. A rested 49ers team that isn't missing anybody against a resurgent young Packers team. The youngest team in the NFL, by the way, the Green Bay Packers, which is more damning. Really fucking sucks. It's not like there's a bunch of playoff experience and they just fucking outfoxed us. They're just young and scrappy and ready to go. Um, I I think there is, there is an outside chance that if the Green Bay Packers put the kind of pressure on the 49ers that they did to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know if Brock Purdy's making as many plays. Like, the dude does require balance. Um, so I think that's really the Packers' best chance is just to go at them. Go at them as hard as you can, the same way you did the Cowboys. Punch them in the mouth early, get them off balance. I'm still taking the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, again, Packers have only kind of surprised me every week of hanging with these teams, and uh, perhaps they will hang with these Niners. Um, but in San Francisco under the lights, and this team's been waiting for this after uh, disappointing into last season, I feel like they've got it kind of figured out. Of uh, you know, They're not uh, uh, an Eagles team where the, 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 the the success is worn off here. Their success is still pretty high for San Francisco. Um, they had a rough game against the Ravens here late, but that's been the last time where they've been healthy and, and, and haven't looked good. So I do think they're going to come out looking pretty good here and well-rested against the Packers. Um, let's talk about a game. Let's talk about arguably the best game of last week, depending on what who you're cheering for. But the Lions beat the Rams 24-23. to it was the tightest game, uh, and Dan picked that one. I did not see that one come. In fact, I didn't get any games in the NFC correct in picks this week. <laughs> um, it was a back-and-forth one, really. 17-21 uh, to 21 Lions at the half. Um, Lions mostly kept the lead with the Rams playing catch-up. Uh, in fact, that was it after – no, that was – yeah, the, the Lions got the 7-0 lead and then had the lead throughout this game with the Rams just trying to catch up with them. Uh, they had it as a one-score game halfway through the fourth quarter, uh, got the ball at times. I mean, Stafford was making some passes, sidearms, no looks. Uh, he looked really good um, coming back to uh, Ford Field after all that time, getting booed. Uh, I know he did ask for the trade, but even that just felt like a little overkill Detroit. He's done his, He did his best of what he could there for you. But um, Detroit got the last laugh with the with the win. So Matt Stafford should not have been in the second half of that game. By the way, I saw the hit too. Um, goes down, smacks his head on the, the the turf, and he was wide eyed, and it did look like he was out. Pops up and grimaces and holds his arm like that's that's what was hurting him. Um, listen, Matt Stafford, good luck pulling that guy out of a game. He plays the guy plays. That's what so, he does. Yeah, but that's he's not supposed to be able to. <laughs> like that's the crazy thing. It's like you're supposed to have an independent neurologist look at something yeah. like that of a quarterback like camera right on the motherfucker just being like Ugh. like you can see him <laughs> power back on. Like which is a thing that happened. Like it'd be one thing if he hit the curve, if he hit the turf and was like rolling his head and then like got up kind of slow. I get it. Maybe you just think the wind's knocked out of him. Fucking guy turned off for a minute, went and then turn back yeah. on him, just like get me the fuck out of here. Like Matt Stafford absolutely suffered a concussion during that game. Uh, concussion protocol is bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, as NFL fans are, we're we're coming to that conclusion. Um, Goff did what he could. Hundred uh, touchdown. St. Brown had 110 yards. But uh, yeah, the the Lions have just a lot of weapons, and mm-hmm. um, they looked. I mean, the, the Rams have weapons, too. I still, still think Kyron Williams looked great, but it was Puka Nakua um, for the uh, the Rams and Demarius Robinson. They kind of took Cooper Cup. I mean, he had five catches, but they were they were pretty minimal. Um, they kept him contained. They, I thought, the, I, weirdly, this was maybe the best job the Lions' defense did all year. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of keeping the Rams from taking the lead from them. So, yeah, I don't know. Detroit uh, did what they could to, to take the win. 
that crowd was was hyped up. I mean, any flag thrown or whatever was getting boos, and uh, they they don't like everything's against them and the refs and everything. So Detroit is a is I mean the the fan uh, camaraderie and everything is backing them very strongly right now. Oh yeah, and I will say uh, give a lot of credit to just the pure balls near the end of this game for uh, uh, our boy Dan <laughs> or uh, yeah you know. MCDC. Yeah, Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell yeah, just, just throwing that ball, just been like, "Fuck it, we're we're running this thing. We're gonna end this game right now." Um, right. You know, could have run it a couple times and kind of given him the ball back with some time to spare. MCDC is like, "Nah, fuck that. Let's go ballsy." Uh, it is nice that. to see. Yeah, it's nice to see a team that doesn't just go into like a bleed the clock setup. Yeah, you know, no play shell to lose, no play there. to go win. Yeah. Um, before we talk about the next game, uh, to you know. Dan went through that hill. Let's talk about the good side. The Buccaneers beating the Eagles 32 to 9. Cannon's getting fired all Monday night long. Um Hertz had a rough night. Uh there was no AJ Brown and that was obvious as it was needed to be Devonta Smith constantly and he did what he could but he, they couldn't make up for Baker Mayfield 337 yards and three touchdowns and uh McLaughlin getting three field goals. Um <coughs> A uh, monumental collapse by the Eagles. They start ten and one, finish one and six. Uh, I mean, you could say one and seven uh, after this loss. That's what's crazy. Oh, um, I thought that one and six counted this loss. It doesn't. Oh, sorry. No, you're right. My apologies. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So going one and six in your final seven games, unfucking Oof. acceptable uh, yeah. for the Eagles. I I will say this: the Eagles' loss didn't make it better. Right, the Cowboys lost in and of themselves. I was dead inside. Nothing. The only thing that could have made what happened to the Cowboys worse is if the Eagles went out here and just trounced motherfuckers and right. went into the next round. That didn't happen. We knew the Eagles weren't very good. We knew that whatever was happening for the past two months, they've been sliding. It hasn't been good. Um, there's problems in that locker room. There's problems in the coaching staff. There's problems on the defense. The defense is talented players that aren't playing together, and that has to be coaching and coordinating. Um, yeah. That being said, man, these Buccaneers are pretty fucking fun to watch, though, aren't they? <laughs> Throwing the ball all over the place. Baker Mayfield being like, give me my fucking money. He won $250,000 uh, in this game. Wow. Uh, by winning a playoff game, Baker Mayfield got $250,000. And you know what? It wasn't a clean game for the Buccaneers. There was a lot of uh, messes early on their offense. Um, Mike Evans dropped some balls that could have been more points for him. So could have been a bigger blowout. I mean, I picked the Eagles in this game because I thought if nothing else, the Eagles had more talent on, on paper. They could figure it out for the playoffs. They were there. Uh, this is a Tampa team that, you know, fell in there in a bad division, but it makes sense that Tampa is the, the team of those four uh in the nfc south that are going because their defense is this good Mm -hmm. um they made it hell for the eagles all game long uh one of the few that can stop the tush push vita vey as we talked about but also if you grab hertz by the head and just completely turn him the other way that's a way to stop it too you have to remove his face that's what we learned uh so it's good to know yeah um um but Somehow, probably, when they remove his face next year, the Cowboys, they're going to like flag Dak Prescott for something. We'll be like, what the fuck? I'm not even on the, <laughs> like, not not on the field. field. Uh, flag on four. Fuck you. My guess is we don't see it much next year. It's probably the end of the tush push because Jason Kelsey yeah. retiring. Um, he not officially. Also, oh, he hasn't like signed the paperwork? Right so uh, he talked about it on his podcast a little bit. He's like, hey, I told the guys. like, But you know, to make an official announcement, you have to... He's like, yeah. I have to thank a few more people, you know, but conversations were had. So he is okay. in the process, right? Yeah, he's of, doing uh, it, yeah. yeah. he's in the process of retiring, but has not made an official declaration yet. When he well, does, gave, yeah. we'll talk about it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, uh, and there'll be uh, yeah reason to, to tout his career. Uh, he gave away the, the reason why the tush push works is he screams out, fuck my life, every time they do, apparently. <laughs> uh, I think that would get the whole defensive line kind of giggling a little bit and then not be ready to push it back. So maybe that is what works. Um, but, but yeah. Vita uh, is not handling any of that shit. He's like, no, I'm a fucking monster. Watch this. Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, you Buccaneers had that step there. So 
they win it, yeah. And like you said, they're a lot of fun. Let's talk about it now. Tampa Bay going into Detroit this week. Uh, it's going to be a Sunday afternoon start, Sunday at 2. Um, the NFC, you know, South team that shouldn't be there, but they had the home game against the uh, collapsing Eagles, and then you've got the Detroit Lions who have been the, the darling of everybody who, you know, it wants to see this team that hasn't been there for so long. Uh, now another home game, back-to-back, first, what, winning playoff game since 1992, I think is what they said. Crazy. So here we are back. Uh, can they can they string it together for another one? Something I have not seen my Vikings do ever in my lifetime. So that's the one thing is uh, I, I want to cheer for these Lions. They've never been there. I want to be on the Lions' side and stuff. But I know deep down that, like, if the Lions, like, go to the Super Bowl before I see my Vikings ever do or, heck, win one or something, then, like, it, it does feel, you know, misery loves company. And then where's my where's my company gone? So <laughs> there's part of there's the a part, gone? Yeah, there's a part of me that doesn't want that to happen for Detroit here, uh, you know, to leapfrog us like that. But it's got to happen at some point. Um, Buccaneers at Lions is this weekend, though, Dan. What do you think on Sunday? Uh, I mean, I've, man, I know you're not able to root for the Lions as cleanly as I am. That's what it feels like. Man, MCDC. Baker has been redeemed, right? Baker has been redeemed. MCDC has been redeemed. But MCDC could become a Detroit fucking legend. Just going to the championship game, he could become a fucking Detroit legend. I think they win this game. I think it's going to be close. I think Baker's going to be throwing the ball around the motherfucker. Um, but, yeah, I think I think the Lions are going to stay with it. If they don't, I think it's going to be Jared Goff's fault. Um, and MCDC said something. He goes, Jared Goff, you're good enough for Detroit. He goes, you're good enough for us. We, we love you here. Uh, but Dan Campbell loves everybody. Uh, Dan Campbell says the same shit when they deliver pizza. He's like, you can deliver pizza here for the fucking Lions. <laughs> you're, you're our pizza delivery man. We love you. Um, yeah, you know, if, if that happens and Jared Goff doesn't put it together, you know, who'd be a real fun, uh, addition to the lions at quarterback Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> a Baker Mayfield, Dan Campbell, Detroit lions team? What a fucking hoot that would be. Yeah. No Mayfield finding himself here on fourth, whatever team already, uh, there's uh, that issues of him, you know, just being a gunslinger and, and rubbing people the wrong way. It doesn't seem to be happening in Tampa. So I don't know if they let him go, honestly. But we'll see how this game goes. It'll be a big one. Uh, one of these teams, these Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Detroit Lions, will be in the NFC Championship game. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, I would pick, you know, this week I think Detroit and seeing that crowd there and – I think Tampa's uh, defense is pretty good, but I feel like it's, you know, if you're going to think that one of these player, team quarterbacks going to make a mistake, I feel like it's going to be Baker. So if I'm picking this game, I'm not I'm not firing cannons. I think Detroit wins it. Yeah, I think we're right there. Um, and then there's two more games uh, to talk about from last week. Let's talk about the Chiefs beating the Dolphins on uh, – oh, no, we can't talk about this one. All right, everybody. Sign into your passwords, uh, pay your extra fee, and uh, we're going to join uh, the Push Off OT coming up. Uh, this is a paid advertisement. Push Off OT. Brought to you uh, live Dolphins. on Peacock. Yeah, <laughs> on Peacock. Only, only on Peacock can we talk about Dolphins Chiefs. Um, no, I uh, bootlegged this as, as I could. Uh, just streamed it off the internet. Um, 26 to 7, the fourth coldest game at kickoff ever um you know playoffs regular season what all of it included um it was just under the vikings seahawks one in uh, minnesota the wild card one that blair was was the kick that was fucking awful oh that one hurt so bad um this one uh i mean the dolphins had a nice long touchdown to uh hill Try to get them back in after they were down, but it was sixteen to seven Chiefs at the half, and then a bunch more field goals. Um, Mahomes getting going with Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice is the offensive uh, weapon outside of um, Travis Kelsey, um, Travis who dropped Kelsey a lot of balls. I was gonna say, and even sometimes not him. But uh, yeah, so it was enough for these Chiefs with Bucker kicking four field goals. I will say this: um, being in that cold. 
Because we got the same system that rolled through Chicago, too, yeah. the next day. I was out in that cold, and uh, I didn't want to walk to my fucking car, yeah. let alone hit another human being full speed. Or the last be couple hit full of, speed. Fuck that. Yeah. I mean, they were out there at night with some of the, a lot of guys sleeveless. Like, that's like, you're, you're crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, dude, no, you're getting skin damage. Like, your shit's getting fucked up, man. Like, yeah. I, I feel for them. I understand that you want to tough it out. You want to be a fucking tough guy, but like, fucking pack it in, man. That was awful. Um, it, it doesn't tell me anything. Like, this Dolphins team could not move the ball. Like, they seem paralyzed by it. They couldn't get the run game going once they were behind. So then those screens and checkdowns that two is always doing, they're not as effective. You just play towards the screens and touchdowns uh, or checkdowns, and that's basically what killed the Dolphins. They they had no real ability to stretch the field once they got down a couple scores. Yeah, and that and then the other side of it is weather, and I know weather is supposed to play a thing in in playoffs, and you and sometimes I like that. But other times you got these games like this where these are two fun teams, and I think on like a another surface where the field's not half ice because the tarp got stuck to it. You could tell, like in parts, like the they had to keep saying, like this is the side of the field where no, I can tell, I can tell it's yeah, just don't a worry, solid we see chunk of ice because the light's glaring off it. Um, it didn't seem to bother the Chiefs as much, obviously, because it's their home field or whatever, and they're not a team from Miami. But, yeah, it did kind of nerf the Dolphins in this game, so it never felt like they could ever get their feet. Yeah, Tyreek was like, I've played in Kansas City before, and it's like, you never played in this kind of weather. And he's like, yeah, I know. That sucks. Tyreek <laughs> wasn't wearing sleeves. Tyreek probably should have been wearing sleeves. Um, uh, Might have helped him a little my, bit. Mahomes takes a hit and a chunk of his helmet jumps flying off. The thing shatters in the goals. That's crazy. So that doesn't look good for this, those new shells. Well, somebody made a great um, point. They're like, hey, the helmet did its fucking job. Like, yes. you know, it, and that's honestly what they're supposed to do. It's like you a crumple like, zone for see a car. His head or anything. Yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's not like, oh, you know, you see Patrick Mahomes' head gets fucking caved in. It's like the helmet shattered. And then they're like, hey, you need a new helmet because that one fucking shattered. If anything, that tells you how much energy was in there that he didn't even feel. Yes, yeah. And then how violent this this sport is. Yeah. I'm not um, I'm not and, shilling for a helmet company or anything, but I'm saying you can spin it positive. Yeah. But we both thought the Chiefs were going to win this one, and they did. The Dolphins, um, another quick exit from the playoffs. That hurts. Um, a lot of questions about two, I'm sure, will be raised in the offseason, but uh, I think this Dolphins team will probably look a lot alike from next year. It's just dealt with a lot of injuries, on the, especially the defense. Yeah, I feel for these Dolphins, man, but yeah, it's it's defense. It's uh, losing Chubb near the end of the season. I mean, it really sapped a lot of their potential. Um, so like, we weren't surprised. We picked the Chiefs in this one. Um, yeah. Weren't surprised by this. Miami was on the downslide, um, but they've got a great team together. It's a great head coach. Um, there's a lot of talent here. I don't think two is necessarily bad, but he might be in that Dak Prescott territory of like, uh, yeah, we'll just do it until something better falls in our lap, because uh, that's really the only option when you're you're tied into a QB like this. Really crazy stat I saw in this game: uh, the Chiefs, Juwan Taylor, seventeen penalties. This season, most by an offensive player in 20 years. Yeah, he's been a real bad pickup for them. That's that's a rough one. Um, all right, so plays who the okay. It's just the penalties are fucking awful. Penalties will kill you. Um, who are the Chiefs playing? Well, they're playing the winner of the Steelers-Bills game. They got moved due to a blizzard that rolled through Buffalo. So we're talking about weather uh, happening more and more. Uh, to They got moved to Monday afternoon on Martin Luther King Day, so hopefully... You know, you guys got it off to celebrate Martin Luther King and watch the Bills beat the Steelers, 17-31. to um, This game was all Bills early, 21-7 to at the half, and the Steelers slowly came back, made it a one-score game at one point, uh, made the Bills fans sweat it, but just for a minute, as the Buffalo Bills answered back uh, and continued, yeah, took, took the win. Uh, Allen, four total touchdowns. Rudolph had two, but had an interception. I I felt like the Bills were in control of this game pretty much the whole time. Um, never really felt like Pittsburgh had the team to do it. I know that they did you know, put together some scores there, but coming out to an early lead, Pittsburgh is not the kind of team that's going to like shoot it out with you. 
You know, they were right. a team that ne- needed to win with defense. They they missed T.J. Watt. That's a huge part of their yeah. defense. So not having him, that nerfs you down. Maybe he gives you a chance if he's in the game, but, you know, this is the result. Um, I do want to say one thing. Fake slides should be a 15-yard penalty. Was Josh Allen doing that? His little... It's a move. I think they're probably going to talk about it uh, this year. And the way that he kind of went for the slide really caused mm-hmm. the defender to pause. Like, it wasn't a juke. It was like the beginning of a slide motion that he kind of pulled himself out of. Yeah. And um, I've seen quarterbacks do that. And I think if you do that, it should have been an immediate 15-yard penalty. Because if we're going to talk about player safety, I know we got Matt Stafford getting concussions and we don't give a shit. I get it. But... <laughs> Um, if you're going to talk about player safety and that slide, one of two things needs to happen. Either you eliminate the slide entirely, you know, where you literally have to like, <laughs> so you can't be like, oh, there's a guy coming at me, I'm going to slide. It's like, okay, well then you don't get to slide forward. Like you hit the fucking ground right now, you know, um, yeah. or you just say, um, you know, if we're going to do that, you're going to get a penalty if you fake slide because people need to know that they need to protect themselves in those situations. You can't have defenders uh, being like, oh, I, I I, don't know if I can hit him. I can't follow through with this and risk a 15-yard penalty themselves. So it has to be a fair trade in that in that regard. Yeah, and I'm, I wouldn't argue against that. I don't. You don't want to see your, yeah, uh, a quarterback starting to do that constantly and stuff would easily result in a, in a rule. Um, from this game, too, uh, the Bills... Another negative thing was Bass. He had one for three in field goals. He got one blocked, and then later on uh, had one that was just real badly missed. So um, maybe the cold, maybe, you know, sometimes those cold, the the ball is just a solid stone when you're trying to kick it, and it doesn't really go anywhere. In the Chiefs and Dolphins game, their kickoffs were just squibs the whole game long. So perhaps that was his issue here, but... uh, might be a problem moving forward. I don't know. Uh, that's it. The Steelers. Oh, the one other thing in the Steelers is Tomlin. We love him. Uh, <laughs> he, you know, you would assume he's safe. Uh, the guy's got 17 years of playoff, uh, going to the playoffs going. But um, who knows with, uh, you know, all these exits. Uh, they haven't won a playoff game in a long time. That's that's another one of those things. But they asked him his uh, – they. Uh, contract status um or they tried to they got out that he has one year left on his contract and as soon as that got out tomlin's up and gone out the door <laughs> so fast i mean it was just perfect like that is the most mike tomlin thing you could do is they didn't even respond to it he's just like mm. yeah fucking like teleported out of the room that was really impressive <laughs> so we'll see how that goes um but this leads to uh the last game to talk about for the playoffs, the divisional round, the one I'm the most excited about this weekend, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs going to Buffalo. Play the Buffalo Bills. This kicks off at 5.30 on Sunday evening, uh, Central Standard Time here in the Chicago area time. Uh, this game would be in Kansas City if uh, Kadarius Tony could just line up on sides. <laughs> but here we are. It'll be played in Buffalo, and uh, this is the very first Patrick Mahomes road playoff game he's had to play, you know, outside of Super Bowls. This has absolutely got to be the Bills. This is the best opportunity they've mm. ever had is to get the Chiefs at home being yeah. on a fucking tear. Buffalo has been on an absolute tear. If you can't beat the Chiefs now, when? That being said, if Mahomes wins this with throwing to literal fucking garbage cans most of the day. Garbage cans and Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. That's pretty much yeah. all he's got in his yeah. wide receiver room. Um, I Jesus, I know, put him on Mount Rushmore now, like as far as being one of the greatest co- like quarterbacks that's ever lived. So a lot is at stake for the Bills. Like Bills Mafia can't handle this. Have you heard about um, them sacrificing themselves? Oh, Have you God. heard about this? What is this now? So they're building a new stadium. And yeah. uh, every week for the last five weeks, there's the stadium is basically dug out of the ground. And uh, the first week uh, that they went on this, you know, sort of winning streak, um, someone fell into the pit and like hurt themselves. Somebody working there, or somebody came. No, just whatever. like somebody walking over and then just like fell in the pit and got injured. A fan has sacrificed themselves to the pit every week, 
and the Bills have won every game. So they I just think like go see, down into the pit or they something. They just fall into the pit and hurt themselves. Oh so like God. you know these are the same you know yeah. fan base that's suplexing tables from twenty feet in the air so it's <laughs> yeah, not entirely yeah. surprising but yeah it's every single week somebody has sacrificed themselves to the pit. We well, right that this game is in Buffalo it makes it even more exciting um, than it being back in Kansas City like we've seen. Uh, but this there this is a matchup that uh, since Mahomes and, uh, Josh Allen has gotten there, it just is something we see every year. So that's awesome. Uh, it's got to get deeper and deeper. And I agree too. I think Buffalo is in the perfect spot. The way these teams are, are, are trending and playing the last few weeks heading into the playoffs. They're playing much better than the chiefs have been. They should be set up to go. I don't think, uh, Taylor Swift makes the trip into Buffalo here. I think it's just going to be too cold. I'd be surprised if I see her. But uh, it's pretty again, cold it in Kansas City, bud. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cold. It was very cold in Kansas City, but it was uh, it was Kansas. You know, it was the home. It was a home turf. But um, yeah, it doesn't matter whether she's there or not. That has nothing to do with the game. Doesn't bother me any. Uh, I think Buffalo would win it too. So I think you and me are thinking the home team should win this week, and we're looking at yeah. Um, Lions, 49ers, Ravens, Bills. Those are fun matchups, so we'll see if that's the case. Uh, there's always upsets. There's always surprises, as there was just from that last week, you guys. Uh, some uh, fun surprises and then just ones that we have have to live with for I don't a long talk off about season. It. I don't yeah, want to talk about it ever again. <laughs> <sighs> Let's talk some crazy stats then and yes, wrap please. this show up for the week, you guys. Um, oh, no, I the first crazy a, stat is... I have a crazy stat for you when we're done, too. Okay, well... I'm going to say this one, and then if you still want to give me one. Packers have won more playoff games in Jerry's world than the Cowboys. We don't have to keep doing this podcast. (laughs) I'm sorry. All right, continuing, continuing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Actually, now my stat is going to be better. Now, now, yeah. Understand that I had Uh this, and it wasn't mean-spirited then. Now it's (laughs) mean-spirited. No. All right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, is fifth or maybe fourth. I don't know if they've updated the stats. All-time now in playoff wins for Cowboys, or Cowboys, for QBs. Yeah. He is uh, f- um, tied with, like, Brett Favre and, uh, and Roethlisberger already. Crazy. Honestly, crazy. Um, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool's teams are 4-22 and 22 in the last 26 games he's been activated in. Yeah, Chase Claypool's junk, man. We we liked that trade. We thought he was worth a second round pick, but holy shit, Chase! Goddamn. He, yeah, he's jinx proof. He's or he's got the jinx now. Um, Demarco Demarco Ryan's. Uh, you're, D'Amico you're, Ryan's. Uh, D'Amico. I, I'm looking. It says Demico, and I don't know why I kept saying that. You thinking Demarco if, Murray? I think. Yeah, Demico Ryan's. Uh, your choice for coach of the year. If he wins next week, he will tie Gary Kubiak and Bill O'Brien for their record in playoff wins. <laughs> The, the franchise Ooh. record, yeah. Wow. Also, this is another shitty stat. Um, the since their inception, the Houston Texans uh, have more wins than the Dallas Cowboys over the same time period in the playoffs. Oh God. Yeah, they have five. The Cowboys have four. Here's another Texans one. The 2023 Texans have now matched their total wins from the past three seasons combined. Good Lord, D'Amico Ryan's <laughs> give that man an award. You had to spend some some shit with uh, Davis Mills there in order to get here. True. Uh, and then finally, Joe Flacco finished with more yards and touchdowns than Deshaun Watson and played one less game than him. Deshaun, man, that trade. Good Lord, Browns. He, he did double his interceptions. But <laughs> yeah. Everything he can. Uh, those are my crazy stats. Dan, what's your crazy stat? What's your mean spirit one? We talked about Nick Saban. Uh, having 49, so far, 49 NFL first-round draft picks. Nick Saban was not always the head coach of Alabama, so not all of those players were from Alabama. He had two other places that he coached. He coached at LSU, and he coached at Michigan State. Can you guess, Mr. Vikings fan, who his first overall, or his his first first first-round draft pick that he ever produced was? As a Vikings fan, this is a former Viking, and I will give you a hint. Very disappointing. Oh, gosh. It's actually okay. It actually fits. I'll give you one more hint. It fits because he was both a Viking and Cowboy player. Um, I want to say like it's like Erasmus James or something. Who was it? 
Demetrius Underwood. Oh, yes, that's the other one. Yes, Demetrius Underwood. That was a Nick Saban product. The first ever first-round draft pick he produced was Demetrius Underwood. We drafted him and he went AWOL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he showed back up for the Cowboys, gave another shot like a year or two down the line or something. Oh, yeah, and then uh, he tried to kill himself and then uh, got into some bipolar disorder shit. Well, maybe he needed some help. Maybe oh, no, he, he, he definitely had some mental health issues, that's for yeah. sure. But the first ever Nick Saban first-round draft pick. He must have had some talent. I got a couple shots. Um, that's our show, you guys. That was the wild card round. Uh, we're going to go on to divisional round next week and talk about uh, your championship games, get you ready for those. Uh, so come back next week. Uh, but before we leave this one, Dan, you got any parting words of wisdom? Don't ever love anything <laughs> don't ever believe in anything or anyone because all we're doing is spinning into the infinite nothingness every joy we have is fleeting that's it they uh, <laughs> sent me updates this today as of we're recording this it's the 25th anniversary of the 1998 championship game with Gary Anderson missing the Falcons beating us and I told my parents, I was like, yeah, this is when I realized that, like, in sports, nothing is guaranteed. Nothing. And and most of the time, it's heartbreak. Majority, will, heartbreak. I will say this. Um, any given Sunday, man, any given Sunday, any team could do it. That's, it is uh, the agony and the ecstasy of the playoffs this year. It's, I feel yeah. the agony. It's what Maybe makes next it year? The, the, the great sport is because this stuff can happen, yeah. That's very true. All right, thank you guys so much for joining us from this one. I'm Scott. And this is Dan. Well, hopefully we'll see you next week, you guys. Enjoy this one. Goodbye. Goodbye.